as we gather together next Sunday for Easter, I just want to reiterate what Sue said. Think, take the time this week to think through those people in your life that you know. Maybe those people that God's been stirring in your heart who you might invite to be with you next Sunday at Easter. I promise there's going to be a powerful service next weekend, one that would be an impacting not just for you but for those that you bring. So I just want to encourage you to keep that in mind this week. Um, as we get started this morning, let me ask you a question. When's the last time that you faced something in life that was truly bigger than you? Something that took more strength and more courage than you actually had in you? Maybe, maybe it was a health ob- uh, challenge or a financial obstacle, but it was something that was beyond your control. Maybe it was something positive. Maybe it was, maybe it was a dream or a, a vision that God's given you for your future. Something that you knew deep down God wanted for your life. Maybe you can think of one of those times in the past or maybe you're in a place like that right now where you're, you're needing more strength, more courage, more faith than you even have at this point. You know, as I was thinking about that uh, recently, one such story came to mind. At 2001... Brian Brinkley uh, felt God put a dream on his heart. He was a teenage dad at the time. He was going to school at the U of A. He had a new job at Altel. And he had just accepted faith in Christ. And he was wondering how this new faith in Christ was really going to make any kind of a difference in his life or in the lives of other people. So he was thinking about that and praying about that a lot. And he was frustrated. And he was like, I know there's got to be something more. He didn't know what it was. And then he had this dream that God gave him where God spoke to him very clearly and said, I've called you. But he didn't know what to do with that. A few days later, um, his wife gets a call from Serena, who was actually in our children's ministry at that time. She calls and asks Brian's wife, hey, would, would you mind serving in children's ministry this, uh, this next week? And she wasn't able to do so, but he's hearing this conversation going on. He's like, oh, I'll do it. He, he never served in children's ministry before. He had no idea what he was talking about or what he was doing. But he's like, hey, sure, I'll do it. And God started doing something in Brian's life. And he started showing up every week to serve in children's ministry and being a part. And that led to him starting this, this ministry on Sunday afternoons called Youth Wave, which is still going on here at Grace even to this day, many, many years later. And it, then he, it kind of led to him serving as a leader of children's ministry. But then there came this point in Brian's life where adversity took place and he went through a, a divorce and there was just a lot of struggle in his life. And he stepped down from serving in children's ministry and he just felt like, well, God, I blew it. I don't see how you can use me ever again. But, see, God had already put a call in his heart. So, years later, I show up here at Grace, 2011. um, As a result of some things that were happening in Brian's life, Brian sensed the call to go to school, to go to seminary. And he's like, well, what's the point? I'm not sure how I'm going to ever be able to use this. But he did so while he was working this job now at AT AT&T. That led to him actually serving in youth ministry a little bit on Sunday nights and then deciding, you know what, I'm just going to quit my job. I'm going to trust God by faith and I'm going to finish this seminary uh, journey that I'm on. And he finished that, everything except an internship, the summer of last year at the very moment that we were needing someone to serve as an interim youth pastor here at Grace while we looked, began the process of looking for who would become our next youth pastor. And Sunday before last... Just two days after he finishes his internship here at Grace. And 17 years 
after he gets this promise from God, we call him at Grace to be our next youth and young adults pastor. I just love it when I can hear stories like that. Stories of how God comes through and fulfills these big promises in our lives. Don't you? He takes what little faith we have sometimes and he uses it. Sometimes even despite ourselves. But before every answer that God brings, there's a problem. Right? Before every victory, there's a battle. There's a time between when we hear the promise that God's giving us and when we actually see it come to fruition, when it's realized, right? And how easy it is, how easy it is in times like that, in that time in between to let those promises go, isn't it? To, to give up, to think, well, I don't, I don't know if God's going to ever come through. If he does, great. But you just kind of emotionally detach from it and just assume it's not going to happen. Or, or we just get so busy or so preoccupied with our lives that we even forget the promises that God gave us. Those things he assured us of altogether. We just forget that he even gave us a promise. Last week, we kicked off this series by faith. And if you missed it, I encourage you to go online to listen to it. But what we realized last week as we looked at Hebrews 11 is, is we, we really realized what faith actually is, Right? We talked about how you and I are living in a time when people are more self-reliant than ever before. And really, through much of our lives, we don't need a whole lot of faith, do we? We have so much knowledge, so much technology, so much resources at our disposal. Whatever we need to take care of ourselves, that when we do face obstacles every now and then, we don't know how to truly live by faith. Yet when it comes to the promises that God gives us, any obstacle really requires only one thing of us. And that's faith. So over the next few weeks, we're going to take a look at the story of Joshua in the book of Joshua and learn how we can live by faith and not by sight. And we're going to partner with God to see breakthroughs in our lives. Now I want to encourage us to start by turning to Joshua chapter 1 this morning. We'll start in the very beginning of this book. If you have your Bibles with you, just kind of go to the very beginning of the book and flip a few pages. The sixth book there is Joshua. Or you can take the easy route and just open up your smartphone to Grace Tucson. Not, not Grace Tucson, mygrace.church and your web browser and you can follow along with the sermon notes there. But what we're going to see today is this. Faith requires of us that we don't just have this passive hope that somehow, some way, God's going to do what he promised Faith is us claiming what God has said to us and preparing for it. I'm going to say that again. Faith necessitates, faith requires that we not just have some kind of a hope. Yeah, God's going to do something. He told me he would. Good luck, God. I hope you do it. To a place of expectation, a place of anticipation where we claim the promises that we know God's given us and we start to prepare for them. Now, as we get started this morning, I want to ask you to do me a big favor. Actually, I want to ask you to do yourself a big favor. I want you to think back to some and pinpoint at least one thing in your life that you know you believe with all of your heart God's promised you. Something that hasn't come to fruition yet, something that hasn't come to pass yet, but you just, whether it was a few days ago or several years ago, you felt God gave you a promise of some kind. What was that promise? 
in your programs this morning, hopefully there's a lot of stuff in your programs today, but hopefully you'll find this little slip of paper. Could you look for it and pull that out? If you didn't happen to grab a program this morning, if you want to just shoot up your hand real quick, there's mushers in the back. I want to make sure every one of you this morning for this exercise, you have this piece of paper in your hand. It'll, it'll mean something to you in just a minute. But just kind of shoot up your hand if you need one of these little slips of paper. Here's what it says on it. What do you believe God has promised you that hasn't yet come to pass? Now, maybe, maybe it's a promise that God has for you. Maybe it's a promise that God has given you for a friend or maybe even for your church here. Maybe it's, maybe it's a dream for your future, a promise that you believe God has out there for you and how he wants to use you in life. Maybe it's a promise for a healing. Maybe it's a promise for the salvation of a loved one. Maybe it's a promise regarding your marriage or your kids or your finances. Something that God put on your heart one day in prayer. Or as you read the scriptures and you were reading the promises of God there, you latched on to something and you're like, you know what? That is something that I believe God's saying for me. Maybe you know, some of the examples of, in scripture like where there's a place in scripture that says um, if we raise up our children in the way they should go when they're old, they won't depart from it. Maybe that's your promise that you're just kind of hanging on to, hoping, believing with all of your heart that's going to happen. Or maybe it's a promise that God says he's going to supply all of your needs through your life according to his riches in glory. Or maybe the, the scripture that says the God who began a good work will be faithful to complete it to the day of Christ Jesus. But think of what that, at least one of those promises, and I want you to write it down this piece of paper for me for just a moment. Now, for some of you, this exercise is going to be easy. You're like, oh, I already, I already know where it is. You, you've been thinking about it. You've been praying about it. It's all, always on your mind. That's great. But I think for some of you this morning, if you're like some in first service, you're going to be struggling a little bit with this exercise. You're, perhaps you don't know of a single promise God has made to you in this life. A single promise promise that God's given you for yourself or for your family, for your church. But I want to ask you to be considering that this morning. Maybe just hold on to this piece of paper and think about it. And, and take a moment and write that down. So let's just take a minute and write those down, if you would. Uh, and we'll use that in just a moment. What is that promise? Heavenly Father, as the people in this room are writing these promises down, considering thinking back to months ago, perhaps years ago, when you spoke something into their hearts in prayer, or as they, was, they were reading Scripture. Maybe it's a promise, Lord, that you're depositing in their hearts even right now for the first time as this question is raised. Lord, I pray that you will begin to do a work in each one of us. Lord, for many of us, we have forgotten the promises you've given us, even though you give us promises throughout our lives. Lord, I hope today, as we start digging into Joshua 1, that we will start to hold on to, grab hold of, claim these promises that you've given us, take possession of them, and trust you that, and partner with you through them. God, we ask that you would birth 
new dreams, promises in our hearts and in our lives here in the next few days and weeks. Help us to see the big plans you have for our lives and how we can anticipate them and look forward to them in this adventure of life. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want you to hang on to this piece of paper with me, if you would, through the rest of this morning as I kind of share this talk. And just keep looking back at it and thinking about it and considering it. Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1. This is where we are today. Listen to this passage of Scripture. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on the land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south and to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. And then notice God says to him in verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, notice God says, only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is my command to you, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, this is a time in Joshua's life when he has just assumed the leadership of a million plus people who have been wandering around the desert for 40 years. I mean, imagine that job. Who wants, who wants to sign up for that job? They've been hoping for 40 years that this promise from God would come to pass. What was the promise? The promise was that they would receive the promised land, right? They had hope years ago that God was going to give it to them, but the problem was they didn't have any faith. Forty years earlier, God had told them, go and take the land, it's yours. I've already given it to you. And they didn't believe it. In Numbers chapters 13 and 14 in the scriptures, it tells this story about how they get, they traveled all the way from Egypt over to this promised land, million plus people, they get right up to the river, they, to the place where they're going to cross over and they're going to receive this land that's been promised to them. And they send out 12 people to kind of survey the land, get a lay of the land. These 12 people come back and they start to report what they saw. And two of those people were Joshua, who we're talking about today, and, and Caleb. And these Joshua and Caleb come back and they're like, no problem. God's given us this land. It's ours for the taking. Let's just go and take it. But the other ten, they had a different story, didn't they? They, got, they came back and they're like, oh, 
forget it. There's no way. This isn't going to happen. And they actually used the phrase, we were like grasshoppers before them. Now, I don't know if the Israelites were just short people back then or what it was, but there was something there where they had this complex and they were afraid, you know, these tall people, they just never could go into this land because they're there. But the million plus people chose to believe the ten and not the two. They chose to not have any faith, not believe the promise that God had given them, and instead say, no, no, we cannot do this. They actually even looked at Joshua. It says in Numbers 13 and 14, they actually looked at him and they wanted to kill him because he had so much faith. They were so angry that he would even dare believe such a thing. It was right before them, guys. It was right there for the taking. The God of the universe, the God who had parted the Red Sea for them just weeks earlier is now saying, go. And they won't go. They won't take possession of the land because they didn't have faith. And God had to wait till they were all dead and gone and their kids had the faith to believe before they could see this 40-year-old promise come to pass. And it really, it really begs the question, how many times do you think in our lives that God's promises go unclaimed? How many times do God's promises in our lives go unclaimed? How often do you think that we're left wandering in a desert place outside of God's best for us? A place that feels like God's abandoned us when really we've abandoned God with our absence of faith in Him. How often do we drift aimlessly, not in a place where God wants us because we do not trust. We might have some hope, but we don't have faith. Or perhaps even because we forgot what God promised us in the first place. We didn't write it down. We didn't take it seriously. We didn't stick. We didn't claim that promise, whatever it was. And that promise has just gotten stuck in limbo somewhere. Notice God's promises to Joshua here. Notice verses 3 and 4. God says, I promise you guys, this land is yours. It says, I've already given it to you. Not I'm going to give it to you. He says, I've already given it to you. Just go claim it by faith. And in verse 5, God reassures. He says, I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. I will never fail you. You see, God didn't give them all the details that day either. He didn't give them the details the first time around in Numbers 13 and 14, 40 years earlier. And he doesn't give them all the details either. He's not like, okay, guys, here's what I'm going to do. Number one, number two, number three. No. If God had done that, then he wouldn't, we wouldn't have need, they wouldn't have needed faith, right? And we wouldn't need faith if God kind of gave us the list of how he's going to do everything. God wants us to live by faith. He, he gives us this short time on this earth, on this planet to get a grip on this concept of what it means to not live by sight all the time, but to live by faith. And lest you think that this is just promises that God's given Joshua, you can look at Hebrews 13, and he promises us again the same thing. God says to us, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. In Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, I just read this. God tells them, and he tells us as well, that he gives us scripture to help us strengthen our faith. The reason we have this book isn't to just learn about God, but it's to instill into our hearts 
this sense of faith we need to live this journey, to live this spiritual life. As we study it, as we meditate on it, it becomes a part of who we are. And faith grows in us for when those times when faith is needed, it's it's there. Forty years before, they didn't respond by faith. But let's see how the people respond this time. Look at verse 10. It says, Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, go throughout the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days, you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land your God is giving you. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And he told them, remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you a place of rest. He has given you this land. God has given you promises in your life. Maybe you remember them, maybe you don't. This morning, as I think about those promises that God's put in my life, I, I think a lot about this story. After, after 40 years of waiting, God says, I'm giving you three days to get ready, to go take possession of the promise that I've given you. And are they ready this time? They are, right? I mean, I'm sure they had mixed emotions. Maybe they had a few doubts, but they are obedient and they allow God to use their faith. And with the Faithless voices of their parents and their grandparents lying, lying silent in the graves in the desert behind them. They tell Joshua, Joshua, we'll do whatever you command us and we will go wherever you send us. So now, finally, the door has been opened for God to do what only he can do. To fulfill this promise that he had given them four decades before. But do you see, I'm making this, this is making the point again. Faith requires that we don't just hope. Maybe, maybe God's going to do it someday because I, I think I heard him. Maybe God do it, I don't know. To come into a place of faith, a place of expectation, a place where when we feel with all of our heart, God's given us a promise that we lay hold of it. We claim it for our lives, for our families, for those that we care about, and we prepare for that we, we start to pray, God, I don't just hope maybe one day you're going to do it. I'm going to bank on it. I'm going to situate my life around this because I trust you. I know you are a God who fulfills his promises. So God, what part do I need to play in this picture? You're, you prepare yourself. You are ready for God to move. Romans chapter 4 reminds us of Abraham's faith. And it says that we are to claim the promises that God gives us. We are to do that. And in Hebrews 6, verse 12, it's, I love this verse. It says, don't become sluggish, but imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. It takes faith and it takes patience to inherit the promises that God gives us in this life. God gives us promises throughout our lives. If we're listening, we can hear them. But it takes faith and it takes patience to be able to receive them, to see them come to fruition. Now, how do we know if God's giving us a promise or not? How do we know that it's not just us? How do we know that it's not just bad pizza from the night before? Well, I want to encourage you, pull out this card again, if you would. Look at it for just a moment. Hopefully by now you've got something on this sheet of paper. Something that you believe God's promised you. 
How do you know that this is what God's promised you? A couple of ways I think you can know that. Number one, God's promises come from God, not from you. They come from taking the time to listen to God, spending time in his presence, not just spending time for a few minutes telling God what he should do. Sometimes when we're praying, our prayers are one-way conversations, right? We start talking, we never stop, and then we say amen and we go about our way and we just leave God behind. How often do we take the time to sit in God's presence and say, God, I want to spend some time here. I want to promise from you. I want to promise that I can lay a hold of for my future. That I can lay a hold of for my kids' future, for my husband's future, for, for my wife's future, for my, for my church's future. You see, God isn't bound to give us what we want, but he always follows through on what he wants for us if we claim those promises and we prepare for them. So number one, God's promises come from God, not from us. And number two, God's promises reflect his will for us as found in the Bible, and they come with a peace of God as we accept them. You may not know why, but you sense that assurance from your heavenly Father that you are heading in the right direction. Maybe there's been a, a time in your life where you've felt like God's been giving you a promise and it just seems so big, so crazy, so out of your reach that you just kind of had this either this sense of anxiety about it or this just emotional disconnect from it. It's like... Whatever, God, okay. God can give us this sense of peace and assurance in those moments and let us know that we are heading in the right direction. But God calls each of us in our lives to take steps of faith. He expects it of us. As I said, it's a big part of what we're here to learn in this short time we're here on this earth. And we can't just hope that God's promises somehow are going to come about. But we must expect them. We must prepare for them as God calls us to prepare. And the same is true not just for our own lives, but also for us as a faith community. We are called, and I am called, to listen to God carefully, just as Joshua did. To see how he wants all of us here at Grace to work and to stretch our faith for the next season of our spiritual journeys together. And God's been speaking and showing us the need for us to prepare for our future, to expand our church campus, to expand our staff, to be better positioned to meet whatever needs God will be bringing us in the future. You know, a church stagnates if it stays comfortable and never steps out in faith. And in Grace's history, we have done a pretty good job of not doing that, haven't we? I mean, for those of you who have been around Grace for a while, you know that it led us to start worship services here in a middle school library off of Orange Grove in 1985. And that very first service that was held, there was a promise that God gave us as a community. I have watched the video. We actually have a video from it. And it, it, the, the promise that God gave us as a community back then was Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, which says, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. In other words, in that moment, God was giving us this promise. I am going to do great things through this community, amazing things, things beyond what you can even imagine. And it's not going to be just through your own strength and the things that you can do. It's going to be through relying on me, having faith, and trusting that I can do it. And God has done that over and over again in our lives. In many of your lives individually, in many of the ministry teams here at Grace, 
And even beyond that, I mean, in 1995, God called us to, to buy nine acres off of Latoya Boulevard and build this place of worship that we're in today. And in 2005, to expand it by adding a few classrooms. By faith, people sacrificed greatly in years past to ensure that we and our children and our grandchildren have a place to grow in faith and a place to bring others as well. And now we're called to build once more, to add classrooms to serve our needs here at Grace, to, be, to serve the needs of a church of up to about 500 or so, so that more people can come to faith, life-transforming relationships with Christ. Through Space for Grace, we hope to have sufficient parking um, and offices for our ministry staff, to upgrade our worship center with a cry room for nursing moms and for, uh, to have a prayer room in here and, and, and more. We're, hopefully through Space for Grace, we're going to be able to expand our kitchen so that we're more able to, to easily able to feed people who, and share life together as people take one step closer to Jesus. That, that's what Space for Grace is all about. Part of our vision here for the future is also to add an associate pastor so that we have the capacity to do ministry well here and equip more and more people to be in places of service and in leadership as our church grows so that we can reach more people for Christ as we find ways uh, that God wants to use us to meet more felt needs in our community and build relationships to, and be Jesus in Tucson and the world. This morning, I'm wanting to share with all of you a faith-filled vision for the future. In your programs this morning, there's a little brochure. And I'd love for you to take this home and keep it. This is what I believe God has shown me and our, our spiritual leaders, our financial team believes God has shown all of us. This is what our roadmap looks like here at Grace for the next five years. This is what we believe, this, these are the promises we believe God has given us by faith to claim between now and our 40th anniversary here at Grace in 2023. Five big things. The, just the first of two being funding space for grace and adding to our staff to be prepared for what God is going to be bringing us in the future. The, the ministry needs, uh, the, the blessings that God's going to be bringing us in the future. This is a time in our lives where God is calling us to have faith, to stretch us in ways we haven't perhaps been stretched in quite a while. And this space for grace thing is just the beginning it's a big step for us, but it's just the beginning of what God has for us over the next five years. Now, last week, we saw that faith is being sure of what we hope for and being convinced of what we do not see, right? A few weeks ago, I had, I was, uh, I was, a few weeks ago, I was in my office one day and I was struggling because I was looking at some of this Space for Grace stuff. I was actually looking at the budget, which I probably shouldn't have done. And I'm thinking, oh, God, how in the world is this going to ever really happen? And I was just kind of in a little bit of a moment of discouragement and thinking, ah, oh, gosh, so is this craziness? What, what, are we, what are we thinking here? And would you believe it? God planted someone in my office to speak to me. Some of you may know this guy here in our community. His name is Myron Van Kirk. He walked in my office and he was frustrated because someone on the Space for Grace planning team, I won't share with who, but there was somebody who he felt like didn't have enough faith that God was going to do what he said he was going to do through this whole building expansion. And he says, Dave, he says, I think, this, I think our community needs to have faith. 
And I said, what, what do you mean? Mind? I'm thinking, well, of course we, we have faith. I'm thinking in my back of my mind, I don't really have any faith right now, but I think we do as a community. And he says, you know what, Dave? He says, years ago, I came from a church in Houston about our size. We believed God was, good, it was in our expansion, and we, we raised twice the amount that we're trying to raise here. He says, this 1.4 million thing, he says, this is, this is nothing. This is peanuts. He says, this is not a problem for us. He said, in fact, I'm not believing God for 1.4 million. I'm believing God for 1.8. I said, okay, why is that? And he said, because I found out there's a $400,000 debt that we're still chipping away off and paying off from years past, from the last build. It's time we believe God that he's going to get rid of that debt as well. And that all those monies that are being put into a debt, it's going to be put into ministry in our community in the future. And I thought, yes, Myron, yes, that is exactly right. You, God is using you right now in my life. And God, by his mercy, sometimes does that, doesn't he? Sometimes God just has to plant someone in front of us and speak faith into our lives when we don't have it. When that sickness is just getting the best of us and we just think, I'll never get the best of this. If God's given you a promise that he's going to heal you, claim it. Lay hold of it. For some of us, we're not sure. We haven't heard that God has promised that he's going to bring that healing. And we just hope... And we, believe, we, we hope that God's going to do it. But when God gives you a promise, whatever it is, God wants you to align your faith with his and trust him. And that day, I had to confess that I needed to align my faith as pastor with his. And I ask you to do that with me as well. With whatever it is that God has in store for us in our future. Let's align our faith together. Let's trust God that the God who created this community back in 1985, the God who helped us build this building with a much smaller group of people in 1995 is more than capable of doing the things that are in this faith vision he has given us for the next five years. Today is Palm Sunday. It's a day that marks the beginning of Holy Week when crowds praised Jesus and committed to following him. As they shouted Hosanna. But, but the irony was that less than a week later, the people listened to other voices and they lost faith in Jesus. In our story today with Joshua, God's people had done the same thing. They had seen God work in incredible ways, but their faith instantly melted when they were faced with the next big obstacle to their promise. Their lack of faith led to a decision that took them 40 years to recover from. May that not be our story here at Grace. May that not be your story. What if our story, corporately and in our own lives, is that when we hear God clearly, we step out sacrificially in faith together. We pull our faith together and we believe that God's going to do what he promises. And we take possession of those promises that God's given us. We come with a sense of expectation, of anticipation of what God's going to do in our lives. God's calling us today to be strong and courageous. To not just hope that somehow, maybe, God might do something in our lives, but that we claim it. We prepare for it, assured that we are hearing God's voice and his direction. You know, a little earlier, I asked you to focus on one thing, at least one thing that you know God's promised you. 
Have you thought of something yet? Is there something that you have been able to recall that God said to you one day in prayer? This, is, this promise is for you. Would you look at that promise again on that piece of paper? What would it take for you to take possession of that promise? To grab hold of it and not just hope that one day it might happen, but have an expectation that it's going to happen. To pray asking God when and how you can play a part in it and to use your faith so that you can help open that door for God to fulfill that promise that he's given you. If your card is still blank this morning and you're still trying to figure out what that promise is, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this piece of paper home with you and maybe, maybe you need to keep it in your pocket all week long. Maybe it needs to be in your wallet. Every time you open up your wallet, you see it. But I want you to put this, if, until this thing is filled out, I want you to put this thing in a place where you're constantly seeing it all the time, every day. And every time you see it, you ask God, God, what is my promise? What's my, my promise? What have you promised me for my life, my future, my, my family, my, my church, my, and, my, and my career, my job? God, what have you promised me? And don't give up until you have that promise on this sheet of paper this morning. I believe God has given each one of us a promise, promises. But if we forget them, if we don't lay hold of them, if we don't walk in step with God and say, God, help me partner with you to see this come to pass, then perhaps God's, God's promises will go unclaimed. May that not be true for you. Would you pray for, with me? Lord, I just I want to pray for each person in this room today and, and those who are listening online. Lord, that we would grab hold of the promises that you've given us. Just like you asked the people of Israel to do for 40 years, wandering around in the desert. Lord, we can look back on that story and think, goodness gracious, why, did they ta- why was it so hard for them? But then when we think about our own lives and those places where we are perhaps struggling with faith or even having something to have faith in, Lord, then we can kind of come to understand. Lord, I pray this, at this moment for every person in this room that you would put a promise in their hearts that they can't let go of. And God, I pray that through the next few days, maybe it's weeks or months or years, that we will walk in step with you and trust you, not knowing what your timing is, but knowing that your plans are perfect and that your promises are true. God, we trust you. We've given our lives, our hopes, our futures to you. And Lord, we give you our present as well. If you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just, I can't help myself. I have to say this this morning. God loves you. And God will not let you go. He is not going to. I promise you. God has been chasing after you. He loves you far more than you'll ever understand. And he has these promises for you. These promises to make this life an adventure for you. To do things in and through your life you can't possibly imagine or see today. 
I want to encourage you this morning to put your faith and your trust in this God that you can't see, but that you can know. And if that's you, I want to ask you to just pray this prayer with me in the silence of your heart today. Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I, for, for, perhaps for the first time in my life, Lord, I say, I believe in you. I have faith in you. I, I trust you. Not just with my future after I die, but my present now, my, my immediate future for myself, for my family. God, I ask that you would come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, forgive me of all those places that I've fallen short. God, I ask that you would walk alongside me in this journey of life from this day forward, that I could come to know you for who you truly are and that I could hear you and understand you and know these promises that you have for me and walk lockstep with you through this journey. God, I ask that you would fill me with faith Fill me with your spirit and begin to change me from the inside out. Fill me with faith in ways I've never experienced it before. In Jesus' name, amen.